I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Welcome back to the BU Find Happy Podcast. You know, I am really surprised. I logged in here to do this recording and it said uh, that we had chatted over a year ago. And it is really hard to believe um, that the planet has made it that long. (laughs) And here we are again, and we're going to talk about just exactly that in time. So welcome back. Thank you so much for being willing to come back and talk all things biblical. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for willing to have me back. Uh, gosh, you know, the last podcast, uh, was met with so many great, uh, people that, you know, were asking questions and wanted to know more. And, you know, the questions that I received from that podcast just had me diving further and deeper into your world. And then more recently, you put out another, uh, a really great blog on kind of red heifers and everything that's going on there and, and end time signs and things to look for. And, um, you know, on some level, I think that most people, at least Christians for sure, are recognizing that it's pretty undeniable that there are a lot of things prophetic about the times that we're living in. And obviously, that's the the blog that you run is all about prophecy. So to start off, um, a couple of questions that, you know, we've kind of come across, you know, as of the last, I'd say, couple months is, uh, you know, re- really people are feeling it. They're feeling, they're feeling that this is the end of days. And I'm really curious what your thoughts on that overall are. And also what advice that you have for people who are anxious, you know, that are saying, I want to have my lanterns lit. I want to make sure that I'm walking the right walk, that I'm not getting, uh, duped or deceived and, and that sort of thing. This may come to a surprise to a lot of people because when you go onto YouTube, you go on these different websites, people are talking about the end is now. This is the it. There's no turning back, but I want to say to people that it's not yet time to panic. Do not be afraid. This is not the end of the world yet. Every okay. day we, every day we are bombarded with clickbait headlines and videos about how everything's coming to an end. The media and others, especially people who talk, write about prophecy or make videos about prophecy, there's a real incentive to play up drama and to play up fear. I mean, if I want to sell a Bible prophecy book, I would, I want people to be afraid because then they would want to, they want to know what's going on and then they would buy my book. But I'm not that type of person. I just want people to just know what's going to happen in the future. So I just wanted people to know that it's not yet time to fear and to panic. It's not the end yet. Well, it's funny because you've become my go-to resource. When someone sends me something, I'm like, I'm sending this to Wayne. <laughs> He's going to shed some light on this. And there have been a couple where you're like, yeah, it, that's just clickbait or that's just, you know, dramatic or that's just whatever. And here's, and then you back it up with all this biblical prophecy on why or, you know, um, just straight Bible verses for why that's, you know, not really accurate representation, et cetera. So you've done tremendous amount of research on the end times. What do you think the tell tell signs are? So you're saying it's not the end of the world yet. When do people need to panic? 
So Christ talks about in all of it discourse, which is recorded in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. He talks about they, the disciples basically ask him, what is the sign you're coming in the end of the age? And Christ lays out several things to look for, including wars, rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, which is diseases, earthquakes in various places, a lot of and even political instability. And those signs, they could, they started back when in crisis time, but as we get closer to the end of the age, they're supposed to accelerate and become more frequent and more violent. So we need to see like a rapid increase, a dramatic increase in the amount of war, just rumors of wars, um, famine, pet diseases. We just need to see a real big major downturn compared to where we are now. I tell people, so, I, go ahead. But- you know, I've been seeing stuff on like the Euphrates is drying up and that, that that's a big sign. I mean, what do you think about that? What do you think about those kinds of things that people are playing to? The red heifers, we'll talk about that. But in particular, you know, people are saying, oh, my gosh, we're losing our currency. They're creating a one world government. This is starting to feel like all the things that they're ushering in the mark of the beast. With the Euphrates drying up, that's more of a very late end time event. That's like that's what they call the sixth bold judgment. That the purpose of that is to prepare the armies for Armageddon, the gathering of Armageddon. That's very much further down the line. I mean, it, drying up now. That's that's really not the fulfillment of the sixth bold judgment. With what's going on with one world, go- the push towards one world government, the push toward the, the decline of fiat currencies. That that's been going on for a while now, and that effort should continue to progress as things decline, like the. the the rapid increase in wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and diseases that the crisis is what creates the opportunity for elites to push towards a one world government a one world currency, all that. So you really need to see a destructive crisis period to really bring all of that about. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's what's probably most alarming to me is just the pure evil that they're not even trying to hide at this point. I mean, it just feels like, you know, they're doing things on a very destructive level to create fear. And I mean, you know, now at this point, I'm questioning, obviously, the 9-11 attacks, all these different things. It really feels like the level of evil and the level of their audacity has ramped up tremendously, as in they're not afraid to just throw down. <laughs> They're not afraid to just, you know, wipe people out, make people's lives absolutely awful. Um, the moral decay, you know, obviously California just passed the, the, the ability for people to abort a baby in utero up until the day before birth. I mean, whatever that is. I mean, so we're talking, you know, we're talking, there's really no limit at this point to the extremity of the moral decay, the extremity of what they're willing to do to create fear and, and implement the rules that they want to impose on us. I want to add that because you talk about moral decay and United States in general, the United States is on a decline in terms of morals. As a sign of the end, I would look at basically the, the, a major decline in the United States' role on the global stage because I'm in the, I'm the opinion in Bible prophecy that the United States does not play much of a role at all during the end times. So – are we are we Babylon? No, we are not Babylon. Okay, we're not Babylon, but I don't see us playing a role because the Bible in, with Bible prophecy is very specific about geographic locations which have relevance during the end times. So it talks about Nineveh, which is basically in Iraq. It talks about Egypt, Libya, Ethiopia. 
parts of Turkey. It's very specific, but the United States is not mentioned. Will we even exist? I mean, are we going to be wiped out by the Russia-China nuclear events? And is Russia and China in cohorts? I mean, what's what's your thoughts there? Um, China, I would pre- I would I would say like Revelation talks about the kings of the east heading towards Armageddon. I would put China in that role. Russia is a wild card. I could see Antichrist coming from Russia. It's quite possible, but it, it's but it's not Putin. It'd be someone after him. The United States. I I I mean I could. There's probably a lot of stuff that could take our country down just in terms of how our system, our political system is decaying. Our economic financial system is a mess right now. It's There's a lot of things I can see the United States just going down. There's different ways it could happen. Yeah, I'm curious about that. You know, they talk about reducing the global population to 500 million. I mean, is that in the biblical – is that somewhere in the Bible that the population will decrease by a certain number? You have – yeah, in Revelation, it talks about, let's see, the third seal talks about the death of one-fourth of the earth. There's 25% right there. That's through famine. We have talks. We have other judgments which take down maybe one-third of the population. It, there's going to be a massive decline during the seven-year tribulation period. Before that, I mean, you could just have people just dying based on wars and famine and pestilence and all that. And you don't think we're there yet? You don't think we're in the seven years no, not close. We're not close yet. It's there's a, it could be it can get a lot worse, a lot, lot worse than this. And, and see, that turns my stomach. Right. As somebody with a child that's 11, the idea that it can get worse than this. And and what I mean, does it feel you know, I, I saw a little meme saying of somebody who said, I'm not worried about the political elections because I know regardless of the outcome, the trajectory is the trajectory as in. We are on this path and there's no turning back. It's, it's happening. Do you agree with that? Do you, or do you think there's a chance for the planet to suddenly go back, quote, go back to normal? We are on the, I think we're on the trajectory that we're on. It's very, it's God is in control of everything. It talks, it looks, it talks about how God appoints leaders in charge. You may or may not like Joe Biden, but God orchestrated events so Joe Biden could be president. And whoever is the president in 2024, 2028, we are on a path that that I I don't see us going back to normalcy anymore, especially in the age of social media where every information is flowing so fast. There, social media helps create these different factions online, these different echo chambers. It creates one pits one group against another. It's very hard to go back from that, if not impossible. Do you think that we're going to see like an implosion of these? kind of more destructive things that we have, like as in we're going to have to go back to like small community farming, tribal living kind of a thing. And that, you know, we won't have electricity as we know it and things like that. I think we're going to have electricity. It's more of the, I guess, because it talks about nations versus nations. Nations could be like ethnic groups type of thing. We're just one group mm-hmm. is pitted against, against another. So if that happens, then you, you would see small communities based on people with common interests forming. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fractured. I mean, and so how you talk about you know famine and pestilence and all this, how can people prepare for what is coming? I mean, truly, I've, obviously, if we're on the trajectory we're on. We're not quite there yet. We're not in the seven year end times. A lot of people want to be out on the first bus. You know what I mean? Um, what what can they do to prepare for what's coming? I mean, is it better to just die in the first round and? be off the planet or is it better to, I mean, I don't know. It's, 
the best is to become self-sufficient in what in how you live your life. Try to be like grow your own food, have your own water cleaning supplies. Just be self-sufficient. Don't depend on, I guess, the authorities to to run your life because you have you seen you're in COVID time. The authority they can hold back like different things from you because you didn't have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So, so you want to mm-hmm. be self-sufficient for yourself so that you don't have to depend on someone else to to run your life. So let's talk about something sensitive since you brought it up. Do you think that the that the jab was a test to see how people would respond to the upcoming mark? Or do you think on some level it's changing DNA and is the beginning process of this? I, I think it was just it's just a product of its time. It's like people are like there was this thing called mass. I think it was, Massive notes of psychosis or something like that. That Mass formation psychosis. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, it's, I think it was an event like that. Like during the third Reich, you'd have stuff like that where people were just driven in these packs and people who were out on the outside were just demonized and stuff like that. I think that, I think COVID was more of of that type of situation. I don't know about the altering of DNA. I just know that people, I know people in my family who got the job just had bad things happen to them. Right. Right. I mean, it makes you wonder, like, you know, just based upon the response, right, the compliance of how people will respond when it's like, hey, you're not allowed to say these things on social media. You're not allowed to do these things unless you have this mark. And if you want to have your heat turned on this winter, you know, well, you have to get in line and do as we say kind of a thing. I mean, that's where I think that self-sufficiency really comes in. And I see I see more and more people that are um, waking up to that, but I still see a lot of people that kind of want to just have their head in the sand and say, I just want to enjoy life. I mean, where do you think the line is? Do you think that people need to be really being mindful and cautious and careful and discerning? Or do you think that they should enjoy their life while they have it as they have it? I think people should enjoy their life while they have it. It, it, Because if you, because in my mind, the end, the seven year tribulation, I still think there may be at least another possibly 20 years at least. So if you're obsessed every day about the end of the world, it will drive you crazy and you rob yourself of the opportunity to enjoy the time that you do have. There's going to be yeah. some good times. There's still going to be some good times ahead, even though there's a yeah. lot of bad stuff coming towards us, but there are going to be times of relative calm. So you have to enjoy right. that because there's going to be a time where you will have no, you will no longer have the ability to enjoy the time that you live in. Mm. And you see that in probably 20 or so years. At least 20 years. I, I was of the opinion last year when I was last on that there was a shot at 2026, but now I don't think that is the case. So I think the next chance is probably in the 2040s. Can you help the listeners understand why you don't think it'll be 2026? Part of the, this is going to probably segue to something you want to talk about. This is this relates to the third temple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The third the third temple is a critical thing that we need for the tribulation to begin or to at least be underway. The third temple at this moment has not been built. It's going to be a while before it is built. I was doing some research about how long would it actually take to build the third temple or something close to the third temple. There's a, I think the third temple is likely going to be like an inner house of prayer. Like you have these different faiths meeting in this one location. So on the temple mount right now, it's the Muslims exclusively to have an agreement to have a third temple. I think they're going to have to make room for Christians and Jews to also be able to access the temple mount. So I could envision a third temple being like a, like an interfaith place 
So two examples of interfaith places right now exist in Germany, and they're building one right now in um, Dubai. They're building one in yeah. Dubai. And is that right the one now, I'm thinking of that's called? Um, it's like a, it's like oh, there's one in New York, I think too. It's called the like uh, oh man, all all religions something center or something. There's, I think there's more than one in New York, <laughs> probably. Okay, yeah, this one's like a. I'm gonna. I'm going to find it. Anyway, continue on what you're saying there. So the, the timeline to build these type of buildings is usually at least three years or four years. Mm-hmm. So if they, they, even if they were to break ground today, you wouldn't have one, a building like that in on the Temple Mount until 20, to, late 2026, 2027. I was doing a little bit of digging on on other architectural plans to build the Third Temple, and there's I, I came across one site where they're saying, According to our architects, it may take about seven years to build the third temple. So we're well past 2026 by then. And that's even if they can break ground today, which is not. Okay, so the religion that I'm thinking of is a movement called Chrislam. Yeah. And it says it's a modern day attempt to blend the teachings and practices of Christianity and Islam. And it's like a whole like a one world kind of a deal. Um, and then the other thing is the interfaith center of New York. That's the other one. So there are two different things. One is Chrislam and one is this. Uh, so the Chrislam movement, it says, is uh, trying to focus on the connection between the Bible and the and the Quran in an attempt to blend these two religions. It's kind That's of interesting. I, I think that during the end times, you will see an attempt to blend all of them because I mean, there's a there's a theory out there where Antichrist is one specific religion. He goes after all the others. Which mm-hmm. if if he does that, I don't see him be able to get people to follow him. If you if you're you're trumpeting one religion above the others, like it says, Chrislam is our world is being set up for the one world religion, and they've got like this whole thing about this Chrislam stuff, which is I, wild. I think I think you could see the blending of all like five major religions together. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think you're wrong. I think you're absolutely right. Um, It'll be very interesting to see. So September 8, 2022, it says that they that Pope Francis actually adopted this as a at the seventh Congress. With this adoption, the seventh world religions Congress of Humanity Fraternity document created by Pope Francis and Mohammed bin Zayed. Chrislam is now the official one world religion. This is freaking wild. Uh, and I, so, but, I, go ahead. but so you're saying the bottom line is that the temple would take at least seven years to be built. Well, I would say at least three years. And that's even if they oh, can get, okay. even if they could, and there's, there's one architectural plan where it says seven years, but I'm just basically the three to four year estimate based on these, these, these interfaith buildings that are being put up now, like in Germany and in, and in Dubai. Hmm. Do you think that, do you think that, that this is like the time of Jacob, Jake, Jacob's trouble? Oh, the Jacob, Jake, time of Jacob's trouble refers to what they call the partially the great tribulation. That is not until three and a half, three, three, three and a half years through the tribulation. So this is not the time of Jacob's trouble yet. And when does the Antichrist come on scene? When does he make his grand appearance after the temple is built and he sets up shop in there and he's like, I'm the guy bow to me. Right. And that's when the Jews realize that he yeah, is the Antichrist. You, you, you will, you'll see the Antichrist earlier than that. You're Antichrist showing himself 
And the book of Thess- Thessalonians talks about the Antichrist being in the third temple and I guess the Holy of Holies declaring himself as God. And the Jews realize exactly who he is. Isaiah 28 actually refers to this. Moment. Is it too late for the Jews at that point? Is it like, whoops, we goofed up? Or is that the point in which they kind of have salvation from all these years of kind of not trusting the word of Christ? Oh, no, it's time. It's, it's time for persecution. For whoever, for whoever opposes Antichrist, it's time for persecution. Jews, Christians, whoever opposes him. And we're just going to be like beheaded. Well, not all of us will be beheaded. Some of us will survive. Very, very, very small percentage of us will survive. Others of us will die by starvation or lack of water. Or... But this is what I'm saying. Do we even want to be around them? Like, how do we get out of here before that? <laughs> Without, well, you know. Well, you just have to take it. <laughs> it's just, I'm, oh, wow. Unless, unless, unless you're like my dad who passed away well before this. But right. But you can't like take your own life. Don't do that. Right, because that's against the rules too. <laughs> just, just, just go with the flow. Be, just be prepared. Go with the flow. You might, you might make it to the end. So let's talk real quick about the heifer, because everybody's talking about the heifers. Um, how, how can we ensure, like these, these, these cows were born. For listeners who may not know, these cows were born. Um, in Texas, they have to be absolutely blemish free and perfect, not even a little single white hair on their entire red body. And they cannot ever have been marked with any brand of any kind of farmer or cattle herder or anything like that. Now these three, these three are up for, I follow it on their website. These three are potential. They're still not of age. I don't think quite yet. They're around one years old. So they still have another two years to go. Another two years because they have to be three. And so in your assessment, like what happens if they do find them to be completely pure and sacrificial, like eligible for sacrifice? If they get the ashes, it would be a big deal because they need those ashes for the third temple service because the priesthood needs to be pure, to have no impurities from what they call the being impure. They need the ashes because the priesthood is currently impure from the, the effects of being around corpses or dead bodies. No one right now can be purified from that unless they have the ashes of the red heifer. So getting those ashes would be a big thing. So with that, they could actually run third temple services. I could see that being a, a um, catalyst to increase the support for building the third temple within Israel. Right now, only 50% of people within Israel support even prayer at the Temple Mount. That's a very low percentage right now. Right. Even with that percentage, they, they, they could not, they would not build the temple. They would not build the third temple with that. But having those ashes would signify that something very big is, is happening in history because those element, there's some Jews who believe that having those, that the, that the next red heifer is the 10th red heifer. That is the one that brings on the Messiah. So that would increase interest in. But the the bringing on of the Messiah is the trickery because it's really the Antichrist. Well, it, it's I mean, it, it's it's what they think. It's not what we think. It's what but, they. But think. that's the thing is what that's what I don't understand about all of this. It's like if it's all been written and we can call out exactly what's going to happen. Why are you still following this dog and pony show, Jews? You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm confused on how it doesn't start to become evident to them in advance and that we don't do something about it. But I guess that's the part where we don't have control 
because it has been written, so it has been said. God has his way of reaching his people. And so it has to be the Lord who guide, who leads them. And it's going to be at the end of this tribulation when that happens. Before that, they're just, they're going to, they're going to build that third temple. And these, these ashes are going to be potential catalysts to do that. But even with the ashes, it's still going to take time to build the third temple to have the support to do that. And unfortunately, I think the way that you get there is to have a major Mideast war. Cause I don't, yeah. right now, I, I don't see the, the, the Muslims giving that up. Without right. something major happening, because they currently have control. So if I'm if I'm evil and I'm like you know uh, I'm one of the principalities of Satan kind of a thing, why do I even care about these ashes? Don't I just bypass the whole system because this is my playground and I do what as I choose? Or were there rules where God said like you get to do this, you get to have this reign, but you have to follow these rules of engagement? Evil has control over over a lot of this world, and, but they have to play within God's rules. They can't like overstep their bounds because ultimately God is on the throne. God is in control, but they do have they have a lot of control, a lot of influence in what happens in this world. And then they think they're going to win. They think they're going to overthrow the throne at the end of the show. They think like, okay, I'm going to play by your rules, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be conniving and, and savvy enough that I'm going to overthrow you. It's pride. It's in Isaiah 14 where it talks about Satan slash Antichrist thinking that they can ascend to the highest of highs to be the one above God. And but I mean, this is going to be a hell of a battle. This is this is going to be, you know, sudden death, double overtime (laughs) with a Hail Mary, uh, you know, a 75 yard Hail Mary touchdown kind of thing. This is going to be insane. But they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. So they're going to try yeah. as best they can because they have nothing to lose. So that means they will do their worst. And it says in Revelation 12, when Satan at one, in the future will be kicked out of heaven with his angels to the earth. And that, at that point, it says in Revelation, woe, woe, woe to those who are on the earth. For the devil has yeah. a short amount, of, short amount of time when he's full of wrath. I mean, it, I feel like this is already hell. <laughs> I can't imagine when he's got reign of, of wrath. I mean, it, it is going to be wickedly horrific. But that, but that's, but when you, when you see that though, just take comfort that you know that what you've read and what you understand from the Bible, Bible prophecy is coming to pass. So if that is, so if prophecy is true, then the stuff that that says about Jesus Christ is true. And that right. there, is, there is something beyond this life, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that, you know, we could have an entire another episode about, uh, you know, hell and what that looks like and what that actually means and those who are banished there and things like that. But I guess I would want to question, do you think there are people walking on this earth right now that are pure evil, that are of the seed of the Nephilim, that are, that are of the seed of Satan? Like, I mean, do you think there are people that are executing his will that are pure evil? Do you think that they're gathering, you know, aborted babies and doing ritual sacrifices and things like that? When you think about people, there, there is no depth to it, evil that there is no debt limit to the evil a person can commit. But at the same time, I think there is incentive for people to be evil because mm-hmm. it can be very, it can be very rewarding to be evil. Satan, you think back to Matthew four, Matthew, where it talks about Jesus and Satan. Jesus, see, Satan is trying to tempt Jesus. At one point, Satan is able to tempt, is trying to tempt Jesus with all the kingdoms of the earth. He's offering mm-hmm. everything this earth world has to offer. Yeah. And Jesus said no, but to an average person, it's very hard to decline that. 
Right. Very hard to reject that. And Antichrist is going to be someone who says yes to all that. Wow. So yeah, there's, there's, it, so yeah, there are very evil people on this earth, but it also could be very, very rewarding to be evil. So there is some rationality to being evil. It's hard to fathom for, I think, what I will describe as us laypersons. I've also recently watched something that was very interesting that describes the helix of our DNA, which um, described it as a 10, 5, 6, 6, 5 or something like that, which, uh, you know, in the Hebrew uh, language basically sounds out to Yahweh, right? So God, Christ. Uh, and then then they pointed out that this vaccine has these um, that it changes and it, it actually shows the documentation of the vaccine where it says it in, it in, injects a triple helix. And so then when you do the math on it, it becomes a six, six, six. Do you think that Christ left his mark on us like an artist signing a painting? Have you heard of the golden ratio? No. I, it's, Enlighten it's, it's me. A, well, I can't I can't explain this really well, but in all creation, there is found like this special specific. I don't know how to describe it. Like it it's it's I don't know. How, like, exactly a mark, how to, like a mark, like a signature. Yeah, like a signature. It's it's everything in all creation has it. Like your fingerprints have it. Everything. Wow. Has, it, it, it is a it, I would look it up. If, I would look it up if I were you. It's very fascinating about it. I just don't have all the details off the top of my head about it. Well, maybe we'll do another episode about that and hell. <laughs> or the end of the world or whatever. <laughs> and and so you're right. And so you've got to kind of wonder though if that isn't coming, right? Like if there isn't going to be this change in I mean, I've often thought about this. How do you destroy somebody's art? You scribble on it. You tear it up. You make it different than what they created. And I think that that is what's happening here. From like a transhumanistic agenda standpoint. That's a, that's a very good picture. It's just destroying somebody's art because Satan has incentive to thwart God in every, God in every way possible, including in creation. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne, um, we're keeping them short, short and sweet, but gosh, we have so much more stuff to talk about. Um, and so I'm going to compile a list of questions. I'm sure the listeners are going to, you know, send me tons of thoughts and questions like they did after your last episode. And so hopefully we'll get back together before a year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and talk, uh, you know, the, the artist's mark or signature and, uh, and, and hell and whether that exists and what that actually is. Maybe the, the three heavens and things like that. Um, can you share with the listeners where they can get your book on end time prophecy, et cetera? Yeah, just go on Amazon and type in the words prophecy proof insights of, uh, prophecy proof insights on the end times or just visit my website at prophecyproof.org and you can find more details about the different books that I have. Yeah, and we always include all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on today and chatting all things end times and prophecy. I really appreciate it. Thanks Thanks for having me on. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.